It's time for the Mean Streets Podcast, presented by Full Moon Barbecue. For the only podcast with an inside look at Crimson Tide basketball all season long, turn to the Mean Streets. Britton Johnson and William Galloway take you from tip to buzzer with complete coverage of the Alabama Crimson Tide men's basketball team. Here's your host, William Galloway. It is Monday, March 21st, 2022, and I don't really know exactly what week to identify this as. This is our first postseason podcast, Alabama coming off a very tough ending to the season, losing to Notre Dame in the first round in San Diego, 64 to 78. I'm joined by Britton Johnson. Britton, I would ask how you're doing, but I've kind of got a feeling and an understanding for how you're doing. So welcome into our first postseason podcast. Yeah, I mean, you know, a few a few days removed from, you know, that tough loss, like you said. Uh, and, you know, that first day was – the first really couple of days were just so many emotions, uh, positive and negative, obviously. Uh, you look in the immediate and you, you hate to lose and for your season to be done. And uh, I'm sure something we'll get into a little bit, but just kind of untapped potential in terms of what our ceiling could have been as a team. But, uh, you know, now that I'm more removed from it uh, – just kind of grateful for for the ride that it's been and um trying to figure out what to do with my life now that I have a month and a half on campus where I have no structure at all for my day so I was telling you I'm, I'm kind of working on a google calendar right now so that's kind of what's in the works for me but uh but yeah I mean I, I'm doing pretty well all things considered well, I'm going to be in the grad program that you're starting. Uh, I'm going to be starting it this summer. You're in it. You're about to graduate. So you might be my part-time tutor. I can hire you on the side. So you may have uh, some form of a side hustle coming up. We'll see. Uh, but, Britton, I want to go ahead. Tyler Barnes. Oh, he's in I it too? Tyler Barnes. Yeah, TV's in it. He might want you to step over me. He's probably he's probably doing a little better than I am. I, I mean, didn't you get like a – need to be. Didn't you get a 35 on your ACT, though? No, he he did. I got 34. So. Oh, okay. Again. You only got a 34. Yeah, he, he's right. in another class by himself. Well, that's uh that's elite company. He and uh, he and John Galloway. Uh Britain, let's go ahead and get to the get to the pressing question here. The optional shoot around is something coach Oates mentioned after the game talking about how Javon Quinterly went to that optional shoot around. It was held uh, what details can you tell us about that? Because I think a lot of fans were angry and lashing out on Twitter and taking things really out of context. So take us into the details of what is an optional shoot around, how much shooting had y'all done, and why was Javon uh, the only guy that was there? Yeah, I mean, I think I'll start off by saying I think that was the most taken out of context uh, thing I've seen in a, in a long time. And I, I think Coach Oates really meant well by it. I don't think he was trying to throw guys under the bus or anything. I think it was more saying, look, I mean, JQ was really ready to go. Um, and he got up all these extra shots. And I think that was what he was trying to emphasize um, because he was. I mean, if you had been at those practices, you would see how uh, just locked in and JQ was and the intensity with which he was playing. I mean, it was exciting. I was like, oh, man, we're about to do something special because he's going to lead the way for us. and um so man it, it it broke my heart first of all to see him go down and you know I love that love that guy and uh love JQ I've been praying for him uh and I kind of hope everyone else has as well and uh wish him a speedy recovery uh but yeah so I, th- I think that's kind of where it started was it was trying to boost JQ but 
I mean, to kind of paint the picture of what actually happened, first of all, we're in San Diego. Every day we were there, we had a practice in a high school gym. And then uh, we'd go back and shoot at this high school gym later that night. And everyone in the rotation, and for sure everyone that would shoot a three in a game, uh, was there every night. You know, we get there Tuesday. So that's Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday night comes. And what had already happened that day, we had already had a practice in that same high school gym. But then we had the quote-unquote live practice segment at VA House Arena, which is the San Diego State Arena. Um, and that was y'all's first so, time to be in the arena, right? Correct. And so that was – those 40 minutes, that was our shooting time for the day. That was, in essence, our shoot-around. So what had happened after that is JQ went up to coach and said, I, I'm not happy with the way I shot it today. Can I get extra shots up? Can I go get an extra shoot around? We had already had a shoot around for the day. So can I get an extra shoot around in? So that's why, you know, voluntary was the word. I mean, it was really just like, hey, I mean, we kind of want to get you guys off your legs. But if you're really wanting to get a couple extra shots up just to feel better about yourself, you know, we're going to go. I mean, we didn't even send the bus. We sent like a, a sprinter van. I mean, so it wasn't like. Uh, there was gym availability. Right. So we just we made sure there was availability after the fact. That wasn't even in the schedule. So like Oates had planned on the shoot around being at VAS Arena, which it was. And then us kind of getting off our legs. We had a you know a 1 p.m., 1.15 p.m. Pacific time tip off. And usually when you play the 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock games, you don't have a shoot around that morning. And you try to get off your legs as much as possible after your last practice or after the last time you're on the court. Um, and so Friday morning comes and coach had offered for – guys that were heavy in the rotation uh, who, I mean, it was at seven 30 in the morning. If you wanted to get 15, 20 minutes worth of shots up in the arena we were playing in, that was an option. And so, um, you know, a few of our guys did, uh, which it would have been completely fine for them not to. I mean, I, for a one o'clock game, we had never had a shoot around all year. So that would have been kind of a strange thing to have it. Um, and so, you know, to be honest, the, the, response to it kind of rubbed me the wrong, wrong way a because like i said it was so taken out of context but b you can say a lot of things about what went wrong for this program this year but being a guy that's a was there for the avery johnson uh you know program under under him playing under him and then uh playing under O's for three years i can tell you that this program has transformed into one of the hardest working programs in the country that's something we hang our hat on uh I'd have a hard time saying that there are even 10 programs in the entire country that get as many uh, shots up, that get as much work in off the outside of normal practice time as we do. And so to hear, you know, that the problem was that not enough guys wanted to get in the gym. I just, you know, it, it said to me that a lot of people didn't know about the situation, which I didn't, wouldn't expect them to, but at the same time, uh, they certainly pretended like they did. And so that, yeah, it kind of bugged me a little bit, but, you know, it's just to say, I think that all of that was kind of taken out of context. And then all season long, we talked about how people would say, oh, Alabama misses Herb Jones. Well, Herb Jones is 10 months removed from getting drafted in the NBA. He's now one of the best defenders in the league. And people would complain about leadership. And so you talk about how this team and this program has transformed into one of the hardest working programs in the country. 
that shows you there's some type of leadership from Coach Oates and his staff, and they've done a tremendous job. Um, I was doing, you know, looking at numbers, and I was reminded that Coach Oates, in seven years as a head coach in college basketball, has been to the big dance five times. And I think one of those times, if I'm not mistaken, was COVID. Yeah, um, that have been one of the two. And you missed yeah, one at, one so really one. five out of six. And yeah. so obviously his leadership ability to run a program and direct things um, is second to none. And Greg Byrne made a fantastic hire obtaining Coach Oates. And what was – Avery Johnson was fired three years ago today on this Monday, March 21st, 2022. So the three-year anniversary of Avery getting fired, yeah. I think it was within 10 days that Nate Oates was hired. But what would you say – in terms of fans' frustration in their outside perspective of a lack of leadership? How would you address the leadership inside the program and something as a senior and a four-year member of this program, um, the leadership that you saw? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's, fair, it's fair criticism on, on some grounds, and it's not to say that guys didn't try. I mean, I saw Shaq was – the most consistent dude day in, day out, never took a rep off, like, which is so rare for the way we practice. We, I mean, we're kind of practicing to condition guys. Like we kind of want to get them tired. And, you know, by the end of the year, you're hurt, you're tired. Shaq never took a rep off. And he was always about the right self. And I, I, a guy like that, I mean, there's no question that he tried. I think it was, you know, going from last year's success to, I'm not going to say failure this year, but just a, a step down in terms of, what we actually accomplished first, you know, I thought the talent that we had on the roster, uh, to an extent, it was a maturity deal. And, you know, that, that happens. And uh, I think it was a great learning experience for a lot of our guys that like, it, it takes what it takes, you know, like you can't, you can't cut any corners or anything like that. Um, and I think how you do anything is how you do everything to an extent. Um and so I, I think it was a great learning experience for a lot of our guys. And I, I saw progress in each of them throughout the year. Um, I don't know. I, I understand all the criticism. Um, I, there were plenty of moments of frustration that I had, even though I loved every second of being on this team. Um, you know, there were moments of frustration that I had last year. It's just we had such a good culture because of the senior leadership. I mean, you lose all those guys that's a massive void to fill because everyone talks about Herb. Trust me, there is no bigger fan of Herb Jones than me. Uh, could, you could not find a more humble, high-character dude uh, who's also just about all the right stuff on the court. But Jordan Bruner was a fantastic leader. You know, a lot has been said about John Petty, but the second half of last season, the way he stepped up was phenomenal. The way Reese stepped up at the end of the year was phenomenal. You know, we had guys that you know, Tyler, I thought was a fantastic leader last year. So we had guys that were uh, across the board. I mean, think of that senior class, you know, uh, Kendall was also, Kendall Wall was also fantastic. And he came in uh, and was a walk-on. It was just all about the right stuff. It was a hard-playing dude, great defender. Um, so you had this group that, I was out of Tyler, all leaves. And that's just such a massive void to fill. And so we're putting guys in spots that they've never been in before and challenging them to step up. And I think that they did. It's just maybe it's something that it just doesn't happen overnight. You know, maybe if you give this group another year, uh, which 
that's not how college basketball works, right? But it, you never know what would have happened. But uh, it, it's a fair criticism. I will say this, you know, it's back-to-back tournament appearances for the first time in 16 years, the best back-to-back season stretch uh, for Alabama basketball in 30 years. Um, you know, I think this team, unfortunately, will be remembered for how their season ends, and that's kind of how it works. That's that's college basketball for you. But uh, we did some special things, and I think we did a lot to make Alabama basketball a national brand. You know, last last year's team did it from the standpoint that they won the SEC championship, but there are a lot of teams, let's say Oregon State, for example. You know, Oregon State, they, they won their conference tournament, went to the Elite Eight, uh, and they went three three and like 30 this year. And, I mean, you know, that's a one-and-done type of deal. You see a lot of these one-and-done uh, scenarios, whereas we come in, we beat Gonzaga, we beat Houston, we have a lot of – we beat Baylor, we have a lot of these big wins that I think cemented us as a national brand. Now, obviously, you have to do things in March before you become uh, a legitimate contender year in and year out or seen as one. Um, but I think we made great strides in advancing the program this year, and, and for that, I'm proud. Britton, you mentioned one thing about uh, last year's team and leadership, and there was, whether you want to get into it or not, now as this season is over, that 2020-21 team had a come-to-Jesus moment right before Christmas. And that was really, as you said, the second half of the season, John Petty came in and took over his leadership. Uh there were big wins early on as well, with like you just mentioned, with Gonzaga, Houston, even getting Baylor in January. Was there any type of maybe after the Georgia game or anything like that come to Jesus moment with this 2021-22 team? Uh, maybe after a tough loss or after a practice? Uh, is there anything that compares to what happened when Rojas and Petty didn't play in mid-December compared to this year? Well, I mean, we had all the same meetings, if not even, quote-unquote, stronger meetings, if that makes any sense. I don't know. Uh, This year than we did last. Um, I can't say that for sure that there was that level of change in the the fact that, you know, the way we finished last season and the consistency with which we played in the back half of last season, I don't think we ever had a 10-game stretch that could compare to that, you know, and so – uh, it's unfortunate. It's how the team's going to be remembered. Uh, I love everybody on the team. And I, I still, you know, it, it's frustrating because this team will be remembered for what they didn't do instead of what they did do um, by so many Alabama fans. And I get it. That's kind of the expectation that comes with talent. Um, you know, even, I, I, you know, you go 10 years ago, I think every Alabama fan just about would take a season like this one as frustrating as it was in moments. Um, and it's a credit to coach Oates and, and the way he has raised the standard and raised the level of expectation of this program so quickly, uh, the way he's been able to recruit and bring in guys and, and just build a culture. That's really a winning culture because uh, if a six seed is an underwhelming season and I get it, I, I do understand because shoot, I think we should have been a two or three seed. I, I do. Um, if we had won the games we should have won, we should have been right there. And now hopefully we would have still been playing if that's the case. But I think we were capable um, of 23, 24, maybe even 25 regular season wins. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's totally a fair thought. Um, it's it's frustrating because, you know, you lose games to Auburn, you lose games to Kentucky, and, and shoot, nobody hates getting swept by Auburn more than I do. But those are top-level teams. Yeah, that's fine. Like, you can kind of still build a resume even with those losses. But the losses to Georgia and, shoot, I mean, Texas A&M played unbelievable down the stretch side. The, the, that loss looks a little bit better, but I mean, 16 point loss at home is never going to be a good look. Uh, uh, running Austin into Missouri. running into a Memphis team that plays out of their mind, and they hadn't been playing right. like that way. Um, I mean, there the, there's a laundry list of the games and the way they were played. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just a shame to me that this team will be remembered for like I said earlier, the things that we didn't do instead of the things that we did because we did a lot of really great things. I mean, I'll be honest and say that uh, that 24-hour stretch of Alabama beating Georgia in football and then us going in Seattle and beating Gonzaga and then following it up later in the week with a win against Houston, uh, I mean, that was just phenomenal. It was probably one of the best 24-hour stretches of my life. Uh, I don't know where it would rank exactly, but and probably one of the better basketball weeks of my life. Uh, it's a shame we couldn't sustain that. Um, it's kind of the ebbs and flows of a season to some extent, even though I would argue, I think most Alabama fans would argue that the ebbs and flows of this team were greater than most. So as you mentioned, Alabama 2021-2022 will be remembered for what they didn't do um, at the very end. A four-game losing streak in March. Didn't win a game in March. Obviously, it's not how you start; it's how you finish, and that is the way that it finished. Uh, but Britain, t- let's let's go ahead and look into this Notre Dame game briefly. I mean, we're going to have all of the rest of the off season, and however this podcast continues to talk about your career, coaching changes, things you experience, stories, and things like that. But for this episode specifically, I want to get to a couple of those things. But I want to ask you right now: How did things shift in the Notre Dame game? First of all. Preparing, talk about the struggles of preparing for Notre Dame versus Rutgers um, and not knowing your opponent until less than 48 hours before tip off. And then we'll get into losing Javon Quinterly. Yeah, I mean, shoot, uh, credit to Notre Dame. Um, first of all, they played an unbelievable game. And as much as I can talk about how difficult it was for us to prepare for two teams at once and not know who we're playing, for them to hop on a plane in Dayton and play, I don't know, uh, 20 hours later against us, you know, after playing an overtime game, that's an unbelievable thing. And to play at the level at which they did, uh, absolutely phenomenal by them. That's kind of the epitome of uh, what's so great about March. Um, And obviously our end of it was what sucks about March. Um, But, yeah, I mean, preparing for those – teams at once was kind of difficult in the sense that they played extremely different brands of basketball. Now their, their pace, I guess, was kind of similar, but um, Rutgers was a really physical team with big guards that loved to post and uh, really methodical in that sense. And then uh, Notre Dame, I mean, they put it on display. They could shoot the crap out of the ball. I mean, they shot it. So, they can shoot it so well. And they have this uh, continuity offense that is like completely different than Rutgers. Um, 
and it, they run it beautifully. They run it to perfection. You know, they just they know each other's game so well, and they they play together so well. They don't, you know, both teams only played a rotation of about seven or eight guys, so it's not like they played deep rotations. Um, and you know, I I think Rutgers would have presented a lot of challenges for us as well. So it's not like either one of those games would have been an easy one. Um, but yeah, and then and then playing it just. Uh, I mean, Cormac Ryan was unbelievable. It's kind of, uh, I don't know how much can be said about it. It's just he, he shot the ball so well. And uh, I, I think we threw everything we could at him. I, I'm sure we could have guarded it a little bit better here and there. Um, it felt like Wenyan Gabriel in the SEC tournament a couple of years ago. Maybe your freshman yeah, year. That was the year before. That was uh, year so my freshman, freshman year, year, year of high school. Your senior year of high school where he hit everything. And he was hitting him from Broadway. But I mean, he yeah. had, I'm looking at the stat line now, seven and nine from three, 29 points, 37 minutes, 10 of 13 from the field. That is unbelievable. Also managed yeah. to grab six rebounds, dished out an assist, only had two turnovers. I mean, I, I was watching him. I thought, I thought law of averages. That's immediately what I thought. It's got to <laughs> stop at some point, but well, no, because here's, that's, here's that's our luck. March and what makes it so different and March Madison, what makes it so different from any other tournament um, is, you know, we talked about, I'm a firm believer in the law of averages, but that's over a span of time. That's over a seven game series, if you will. Uh, that's, I mean, that's why the NBA, usually the better team wins. That's why I think in a 60 minute football game, usually the better team asserts their will and wins. Now there are flukes, everything there. You're going to have upsets here and there. But more often than not, the better team will win. In college basketball in March, anything can happen because throw the law of averages out. A team gets hot, and they can sustain that for 40 minutes, or at least for 30, and that might be enough. And so, um, I mean, I think you see it a little bit in the Kentucky game, for example, where, you know, you and I were talking about this a little bit before we recorded, but, you know, they have the shot quality uh, tracker on Twitter, on uh, it's a website as well, but uh, it gave Kentucky, based on the shots taken and who took them, a 98% chance to win that game against St. Peter's. 98%, and they were projected to win by 22. But it's March, and St. Peter's was hitting shots that maybe they normally don't, and Kentucky was missing shots that maybe normally they make. And so all of a sudden, you have an upset. And that can be said about so many games. Uh, it's what I love about March Madness. It's what uh, frustrates me as a player in it, especially when you think you have the better team about it sometimes um, because these margins are so razor thin. The margin for error is razor thin. You have to play at your best every single time you step on the floor in March. Um, and if you don't, you're going to lose and you're going to go home. And it's as simple as that. Uh, you see it year in and year out. This year has been as great of an example as there has been in terms of just all the crazy games we've had. Um, yeah, I mean, going back to our game in particular, you know, this is not me making an excuse at all. It, when JQ went out, it, it sucked. I thought we still definitely could have won that game. Uh, I think it definitely brought our ceiling of, of what we could do as far as a run down a lot. Um, you know, I Let me stop you and ask right there. So three minutes into the game, he goes down, he's going to the locker room. You know, you look down the bench, like what's happening in that moment? What adjustments are being made? Because it's pretty evident if you're as close as you were that he probably wasn't going to come back. 
Yeah, I mean, I think once everybody saw it on the Jumbotron, you know, it was non-contact. Uh, that's not to say it was out of the realm of possibility, but th- those injuries scare you uh, a lot. And and so you kind of had this feeling of, oh, man, it's his knee and it was non-contact. Uh, I'm a little concerned. And a little might be an understatement. But, uh, you know, at first, I think our, everybody was worried about him. Like, you know, throw the game out. We all care about JQ. And, you know, I hate for him to have a setback like this, uh, when I, especially when I think he was going to have a great tournament. Um, so I think that was everybody's first, second, and third thought. Uh, but then after that, I think it was, okay, well, we have kind of four guards that throughout the year have kind of been seen as our go-to. Now we have three, so we're going to have to really uh, ride these guys and, and, you know, hope they can get us the win. And sure enough, I think J.D., Keon, and Shaq probably combined to play all but one or two minutes uh, of the remainder of the game. So uh, they definitely shifted the strategy a little bit from that sense. But I thought, you know, we I thought we played okay. Like, but okay doesn't win you a tournament game, you know. And I thought we didn't finish well enough at the rim. Uh, I thought we missed too many free throws. We did some stuff that was a little uncharacteristic. Um, turnovers were still a bit of an issue, even though I didn't think they were as bad. We managed to stay out of foul trouble. Our defense was okay. We forced them into tough shots, and 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 they made a lot of tough shots. I thought kind of when things broke down towards the end, we gave away a few many layups, uh, a few too many layups. Uh, but you know, Cormac Ryan, you know, we talk all day about him. Uh, but the thing is, they have so many shooters. They shot sixty three percent from three, like for the game. That's ridiculous that's ridiculous so uh it's one of those things where there's that moment of like oh man this really is coming to an end and a little bit of shock with it but uh that's march so uh you can't really hang your head too much after you know uh, the one game sample size that we got so 19 and 14 to finish the season. If I'm if my math is correct, you're 79 and 52 in the crimson and white over your four-year career. Uh, always good to be above 500, especially when you play at Alabama. And I guess you'll flew back at some point. Did you get to enjoy California at any point? Did you see the West Coast? I mean, how was that for you? It was my first. I mean, I think we talked about this last uh, last week. It's my first time in California. Uh, I really didn't get to do much outside of the hotel or, you know, going on the bus back and forth. But, man, I, I just want to say California is beautiful. Like, the the landscape, the kind of the mountains you see uh, all in the background, the way that the entire state just about seems to be, or at least Southern California seems to be just kind of built on hills. It, the architecture is just so different. It was so – it was really cool. Like, it, it – I thought it was just a really cool experience to be in California, uh, to be, I, I guess we could say near San Diego. Cause I don't know that we, our hotel was in San Diego per se. Uh, but you know, I, I had a really good time outside of the fact that we lost and, uh, you know, had we won, I think I would have gotten to enjoy it a little bit more. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. Perspective is a great thing, and I think you're going to look back, and you probably already can look back and think basketball is taking you to Seattle, it's taking you to the Bahamas, uh, San Diego, all places all over the country, and even outside of the country. Um, due to COVID, you know, I don't think 
it was the four year mark would have been this year or maybe this upcoming year when Alabama can take an international trip. So I think you might have just missed it. Uh, not exactly sure the timing on that, but it's taken you a lot of cool places. And that's something you'll be able to reflect on. What has happened since? Uh, we've seen today that Jaden Quinterly has entered the transfer portal. There's speculation about Javon. What's JD going to do? What's Shaq going to do? I think most people with common sense have an idea of which players will not be here and which players will be here. Um, but what has happened? I mean, you know, you and I had the, a shared experience of having eighth period basketball in high school. And after winning a state championship, walking into the locker room the weeks after and kind of sitting there and playing on your phones and waiting for the last bell to ring. Um, so what's that been like at Alabama? I mean, anybody, have you gotten in the gym? Have you seen anybody in the gym, any meetings, anything like that? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I'll say when it comes to the portal stuff, I'm not going to get into details about any person or anything in particular. Um, just to say like, you know, I love each and every one of my teammates. Um, you know, I have their backs and, uh, wherever you know some some guys may be leaving after this year some guys may be going pro after this year wherever their paths take them I'll, I'm going to have their backs all the way obviously I'm always going to be a fan of Alabama um and so it's it's definitely a little hard to kind of see guys choosing a different path but at the same time you know some guys are doing something that's better for themselves in the long run and how can you not be supportive of that uh but yeah when it comes to like what I'm doing now i trying to figure that out for myself. Like I said, at the beginning of the episode, I'm kind of filling out a Google calendar right now to kind of make myself busy. Uh, Cause I need to be between, you know, my online master's program and my lack of having basketball. I, I really have no structure to my schedule at all. So uh, I can't tell you right now how these next few weeks are going to be, but I, I'm sure they will be fun. So. Uh, I don't know the, I don't know the NCAA recruiting schedule, but I'm sure the jet, uh, University Jets about to get some mileage um, <laughs> with the Bama no, coaching no staff. It. No it, is, uh, it. it is that type of season. So, um, I mean, you know, <laughs> just basically, like, like what did you do today? Like, I see you got a Target bag on your bed back there. You catching up on some some grocery running and, and cleaning up your room and stuff? Yeah. First of all, I'm a terrible shopper. So, uh, I'm ADHD, and that really affects – you know, I go into a place like Target that has everything and I want everything all of a sudden and I can't afford to have everything. So uh, that's a problem for me. I got to go in there with a real structured list. Um, but, yeah, I went shopping today. I have knocked some schoolwork out. Um, we had a meeting this morning. Uh, it was kind of like just giving us an idea of what the next few weeks would look like uh, basketball-wise and uh, – yeah, I mean, outside of that, I haven't really, I haven't really done that much. Uh, you know, I, I stay pretty disciplined uh, in reading my Bible every day, so I usually spend about thirty minutes to an hour doing that. But uh, outside of that, I really haven't been up to too much today. Hopefully, the rest of the week will be a little bit busier. Um, but yeah, it should be a it should be a fun month, um, and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what all it holds because you know like i'm, I'm kind of a narp now uh, i'm a non-athletic regular person so uh my my life i'm just basically a student at alabama now and barely poor out, you so. poor yeah. you you gotta live I in the fraternity house and the audience spend time on the couch right now. 
Yeah. So I feel uh, horrible for you. I mean, I, I, I put myself in my shoes um, in your shoes from just one year ago. And it was like the absolute best time because you're just chilling, you're hanging out yeah. and you're counting down the days. Then all of a sudden everything's gone and you've graduated and, you know, people are all over the country, all over the world. So enjoy that. Um, no doubt. For all of our listeners, we will certainly be back. We will continue this podcast in some form or fashion. Uh, as you know, in the offseason, if you know anything about college basketball, if you've been around uh, longer than Auburn fans have, meaning two, three, four years, uh, you know that late March, early April into May, John Rothstein says we sleep in May because a lot of news is going to happen over the next couple of weeks. So we will be here. We want you to follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Mean Streets Pod. Um, we'll have, we'll try and have as much, you know, retweeting recruiting news and visits and things like that. But Britton and I can get on our zoom call and have a podcast at the drop of a hat with any breaking news in terms of, um, additions, subtractions, you know, whatever happens, we're going to have you covered. And, uh, you know, we don't know what the future holds Britton. Um, but basketball is exciting. You and I will, our Alabama fans will continue to be Alabama fans and no I do not feel bad for you whatsoever and being a common person um, because you need to be chilling, hanging out on the front porch, enjoying campus and and seeing as many people as you can before you graduate. So, Yeah, one thing I'm kind of excited about is just kind of uh, uh, like you were saying, it's kind of soaking relationships while, you know, they're still so close. Um, yeah, people like physically that are so close to you, you know, on campus and whatever else before they go all over the country, all over the southeast um you know that's kind of the hardest part about knowing that this chapter of my life's kind of come to a close with basketball is that you know all these relationships that have literally been like i mean you see these guys for hours every single day uh it's probably not going to be that way uh going forward it's, it's just kind of tough but um at the same time you got to enjoy the relationships for what they are um and what they will be and that you know it's something I kind of said in the locker room after the game is I was talking about like disappointing end and uh, not the way any of us would have envisioned that season coming to a close uh, fan, player, coach, whatever. Um, but man, I'm just, I'm so grateful for the four years that I have had. And, you know, after my freshman year, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make four years out of this because it just, things weren't going in the right direction. And, um, Obviously, Coach Oates came in, and uh, Alabama fans, be grateful because he is a great guy, a great coach. He is putting this program on the map in a way that hasn't been done in a long time and will continue to do so. He's going to continue to bring in great recruiting classes and continue to, um, you know, win, win at a high level and uh, win big games. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just – I'll be indebted to him and to really that entire staff for the rest of my life, uh, obviously for making basketball more fun and, and us winning more games, but also from the standpoint of really turning the culture into a family atmosphere where I can look at everybody in that locker room and say, that's my family. You know, those are my brothers. Uh, and I'll have their back. They'll have my back for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, you know, kind of something I was saying was just like, you know, I didn't have that freshman year and to look around and see a, a group of guys that I'm excited to, you know, one day be at my wedding. If a girl's ever dumb enough to say yes to me, 
to have a group of guys that I can't wait to introduce my kids to. And uh, it, it, it's a special thing. And it's what makes sports so great. Uh, and so really just so grateful for this time I have had. Love Alabama basketball. And that's that's not changing anytime soon. So uh, Absolutely not. Like I said, we will be here. We will keep you informed. We will jump on and we will have a lot more content for you on this podcast uh, from Britain's perspective as a teammate, as things unfold and happen here in the next couple of weeks. So do not go anywhere. Uh, we will have you covered on the Mean Streets podcast. A couple thank yous as well. Thank you to Full Moon Barbecue for being a great sponsor. I had a great dinner um, no before the game the other night. They've been fantastic, and we really appreciate their support and sponsorship of the Mean Streets podcast. Thank you to Aaron Jordan, uh, the Alabama men's basketball SID, for his support and um, somebody I worked with my freshman year and then established a relationship with. And so this was a seamless transition in order to have this podcast written. Most of all, thank you to you. And like I said, we're not going anywhere. So don't unsubscribe or whatever. Um, don't burn your mean streets merch because we will be here maybe as early as next week, maybe definitely the week after the national championship to break everything down and talk about what's happened in Alabama basketball. Um, but you and I are great friends and we've gotten even closer over this season and keeping up with everything. Uh, no there's been some, some push and pull with frustrations um, as I have moved from a media member to now being a fan, but also working with you. Um, somebody said I was viewed as an extension of the program. And that was the greatest honor because just doing this with you as a friend, um, I would do any day of the week, twice on Sundays. We literally always record these on Sundays. Um, but then being brought in to being seen as somebody that can help give insight to Alabama basketball, that's a huge honor. And to do it with you, a great person, a great friend, uh, and somebody I look up to has been fantastic. So thank you as well. Uh, well, I appreciate it. And, and, you know, like this whole thing started with, you know, I had a crazy idea that maybe I could do a podcast, which, you know, I still don't know if I can. Um, but uh, first, you I'll say first you've gotten thought of, you've gotten a lot better. Yeah, I started it started off rough. There's no question about that. But, uh, you know, I immediately thought, let me let me call Galloway because I definitely don't trust myself to to make this thing go. And I know that he can. I know he can do it at a high level. And I trust him both as a friend and as a potential coworker. So, uh, you know, this has been such a fun deal. I, I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to do this. Um, and like you said, we're not going anywhere. So that's the good news. But uh, it's been a lot of fun, that's for sure. Now that you are not uh, no longer a college athlete, maybe if we figure out how to get the right NIL ending and all that stuff, how we close everything out. Maybe we can get Coach Oates or current players and definitely former players. I, I've talked to Herb Jones, and he said he's got us. He'll jump on once the uh, NBA season has ended. So the NBA's greatest defender will join the Mean Streets podcast shortly. Until then, I'm William Galloway. Thank you to Full Moon Barbecue. Britain, as always, take it home for us. You've got the last word. Man, I think I've said enough words today, but uh, grateful for you guys. Um, you know, y'all kind of y'all been so loyal to us throughout the year, throughout the season, um, and just we really, 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 really appreciate the support. So, love you guys. <laughs>